Coming up this week, Tesla posts record profits in Q3. Original Tesla Roadsters have been destroyed in a fire at Gruber Motors. I'll give you a recap of Extreme E's Island X Prix and much, much more. Hello friends and welcome to episode 82 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answer your questions about electric vehicles. And there's so much to share with you this week, I actually have things split into two shows. The first will be audio and video, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, and the second will be audio only. So check out the show notes for the topics if you want to pick and choose what you want to watch and listen to. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy both episodes this week. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. Starting us off is a pair of stories about Tesla. The first is that Tesla has once again posted record numbers for Q3. CNBC reports Tesla's earnings per share adjusted were $1.86 per share versus $1.59 as expected. Revenue was up to $13.76 billion versus the $13.63 billion expected. And the company reported $1.62 billion in gap net income for the quarter, this making it the second time it has surpassed $1 billion in net income. For perspective on how far they've come and how quickly, last year's Q3 net income was only $331 million. The results this quarter were driven by improved gross margins of 30.5% on its automotive business and 26.6% overall, both of which are records for at least the last five quarters. Automotive revenue rose to $12.06 billion, and costs of automotive revenue amounted to $8.38 billion for the quarter. Tesla also generated $806 million in revenue from its energy business, which combines solar and energy storage products. The $894 million in services and other revenue, which includes vehicle maintenance and repairs, auto insurance, and sales of Tesla-branded merchandise, among other things that Tesla has disclosed in past financial filings. For its energy and storage business, costs of revenue rose to the highest number in the last five quarters to $803 million during the third quarter. In a shareholder deck that Tesla released before a call to discuss Q3 results, the company said, quote, a variety of challenges, including semiconductor shortages, congestion at ports, and rolling blackouts, have been impacting our ability to keep factories running at full speed, end quote. Yet even with these issues, the company reiterated prior guidance that it expects to achieve 50% average annual growth in vehicle deliveries over a multi-year horizon. During the third quarter, Tesla recorded a $51 million impairment related to its investment in Bitcoin, which it reported under restructuring and other expenses. Tesla had previously disclosed deliveries of 241,300 electric vehicles and production of 237,823 vehicles during the period ending September 30th, 2021. Unlike other automakers, Tesla's sales rose during the quarter, setting a new company record despite the chip shortages and supply chain challenges weighing on the industry. 
Next, Tesla is pushing out a long-awaited update to Sentry Mode, finally giving remote viewing access via their mobile app. Tesla's Sentry Mode will soon live stream directly to the Tesla app on your smartphone, CEO Elon Musk confirmed via Twitter this week. The website Teslarati writes, For years, Tesla owners have used their eight external cameras for multiple things, including autopilot and full self-driving operation. However, many drivers have also used them for Sentry Mode, a surveillance system that activates when the vehicle senses something near the car that shouldn't be there. Usually, Sentry Mode kicks on when somebody looks in the windows of a Tesla or walks by it on their way to their vehicle. However, Sentry Mode also kicks in when robbery attempts or instances of keying occur, which, unfortunately, has been a common occurrence for some Tesla owners. Currently, the Tesla app will notify owners of Sentry Mode events when they occurred, but owners are not able to watch what's going on around their car in a live setting. This is likely to change soon, according to Musk. The introduction of a live look-in feature for Sentry Mode is actually more advantageous than one might think. While it is a convenience to have a monitoring program, it does not specifically allow owners to view what is going on at the current time. Sentry Mode events can happen frequently, especially if their vehicle is parked in a city or near a large event where people will be constantly walking by it, and that can trigger Sentry Mode alerts far too frequently, giving owners relatively no peace of mind when their phones are constantly vibrating. However, it could also be a step in the right direction from a safety standpoint to have the ability to actively look in on what's going on. Introducing that live stream feature for Sentry Mode will give owners a direct idea of what's going on and what kind of assistance they might need. Sentry Mode has been widely successful in its ability to help authorities catch perpetrators who damage Tesla vehicles or even other notable events nearby. It is likely one of the most underrated features of a Tesla because of its stealthiness and ability to solve cases that usually go cold before the perpetrator is found. For my family, I like parking the Tesla out front and knowing that in addition to protecting the car, it's also keeping an eye on the front of the house as well. Next, some sad news from Gruber Motors, where they experienced a rather large fire this week in one of their buildings that actually destroyed many original Tesla Roadsters. Owner Pete Gruber took to social media this week with the following statement. Each of the owners affected by our fire last night have been contacted. I personally reached out to each of you affected by a lost roadster rather than have you find out through the media. Talking to each of you, I am again reminded of how cherished these cars are, how much they meant to you, and what a special place they carve out in automotive history. You all have my sincerest apologies and I feel your pain having lost three in this mishap as well. I wish it were otherwise. We have three commercial buildings involved with Tesla vehicles, and the fire occurred in our main work in progress service center. Early analysis by the fire inspectors isolated the cause to an electrical panel failure, which of course will be investigated more thoroughly. Many other roadsters survived, and each of you have been contacted as well. As with the previous fire we had in May of 2017, this fire again consumed the entire building and all its contents, which illustrate the potent nature of lithium-ion vehicles once they ignite. Our expansion building, which has been under construction, is fully sprinkled. In the meantime, we are again relocating operations into one of our other buildings. Along with the entire Tesla community, we grieve the loss of over 30 Teslas that perished in our shop, which is dedicated to normally preserving and credited with saving hundreds of these rare and a dying breed of first-generation EVs. So some sad news. Um, unfortunately, fires happen. That's why you have insurance, but insurance is not going to replace 
these rare and becomingly even more rare vehicles. Now a story reported by Inside EVs, Taiwan's Honhai Technology Group, or Foxconn, this week introduced its first electric vehicle concepts under the Foxconn brand, a joint venture with Taiwan's biggest car maker, Yulon Motor. Announced at the Hanhai Tech Day 2021 event in Taipei, the three EVs are all based on Foxconn's MIH electric vehicle open platform. They are named the Model C recreational vehicle, Model E sedan, and Model T electric bus. Right off the bat, I think it's important to address the issue of these names, Model C, E, and T. Chances are that Ford's top management won't be thrilled to hear about this, and I'd be willing to bet that Foxconn will hear from their legal department. Uh, of course, if you remember, Ford blocked Tesla from being able to use the Model E name, and of course, Model T is an iconic Ford vehicle from the early 1900s. It's not likely that they're going to give that name up either. But back to these new EVs, Foxconn say that they underline their commitment to become a global next-generation automotive manufacturer. According to Hanhai founder Terry Gao, who appeared on stage driving the Model E, the electric vehicle has become the world's largest and most expensive smart electronic device, and he believes Taiwan can play a key role in the development of EVs given the country's strong capabilities in electronic manufacturing, including semiconductors, modules, precision machinery, and operation. The first EV built on Hanhai's electric vehicle open platform is the Model C, marketed as the intrinsically optimized electric SUV with pure electric nature. It would be a mid-sized vehicle offering a 5 plus 2 seat configuration. The Model C is said to deliver an extended range of 435 miles and a 0 to 60 time in less than 3.8 seconds. Foxconn also says the EV has a low 0.27 drag coefficient, high efficiency and intelligence, as well as a reasonable price comparable to a fuel-powered car. The Model E, Foxconn describes as a technologically innovative luxury flagship sedan for middle and high-end customers. Jointly developed by Hanhai and Italian design powerhouse Pininfarina, the Model E offers a power output of about 750 horsepower, acceleration to 60 in less than 2.8 seconds, and a 466-mile range. Inside, the EV flagship's rear seat area can transform into a dedicated mobile office with personal mobile devices seamlessly connected to the passenger car. This is said to enable smart applications like face recognition door openings, smart windows in vehicle and environment interfaces. And finally, the Model T they call a stylish urban bus, envisioned as an intelligent transportation solution. Interestingly, Foxconn says that the high rigid body design and protection meet Federal Transit Administration regulations and standards, hitting plans at, to sell it in the United States. The battery is said to enable a range of more than 248 miles and can withstand temperatures of up to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. The electric bus can reach top speed of 75 miles an hour. Foxconn said it will start delivering the bus to a local transportation provider next year. As for the electric passenger car concepts, the tech giant will build them for automotive customers rather than under its own automotive brand. Bloomberg reports that the Model E sedan will be sold by an unspecified automaker outside Taiwan in the coming years. 
Maybe it's Fisker. Who knows? While the Model C utility will be sold in Taiwan under one of Yulon's brands from 2023. It does remain to be seen, however, whether Foxconn will build any of these new EVs at its newly acquired plant in Lordstown, Ohio. And lastly, this week was the penultimate race weekend for Extreme E. The Island x took place on the Italian island of Sardinia to highlight the effect that devastating wildfires have had to the area. So green lights and we are racing in Sardinia. Off we go. So this is qualifying. They'll do one lap. With one driver. Qualifying for Rossberg X Racing was not without incident as Molly Taylor yet again rolled the Odyssey 21 vehicle coming over a crest and without skipping a beat continued right on with the rest of her lap. And back on the wheel, she gets going again. She dropped that on the brakes at the top of the crest, just got sideways over the hill, Jenny, and over it went. Oh, Molly, 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 how could you do that again? They wouldn't be the only ones, however, with some difficulty on their qualifying lap. The rally did gazelles. Oh, my problem for Sarah Price sideways. Is that broken? There's a lot of noise in the rear of the car. I think the suspension's collapsed. It has the rear left. That's very similar to what happened to Kevin Hansen yesterday. Absolute disaster. What have they got to do to get a change in their luck? As the weekend went on, more and more teams would have mechanical failures, and it became obvious that this track this course was one of the more difficult and challenging courses that they have had this season up, jenny and he ended up offline luckily manages to get back through the gates nothing too major to hit the thousand <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> um, oh, oh no is that is that broken steering on the front right did you see it looked like yeah. it, it looked, i think it is i think the steering's broken on the xi energy machine you saw the front right wheel just pointed off at a completely different angle that's going to have to get parked Water runs down. You'll all have seen it if you've been walking somewhere in a... In a oh, spin for Gutierrez goes round. Gets back on the throttle, drives through some of those bushes there. She uses the handbrake to try to rotate the car a little bit more. Um, it, it could be a big advantage. Sarazan takes out another camera. 3-0 to the drivers. Uh, the cameras... Uh, oh, wheel off front right. Wheel off the car. Because it does look to be quick. I mean, it, you know, he's, he's got... Oh, an, an, oh extra with a spin. This is a replay of Ekstrom's problem, so he comes through big tufts across. Oh, as the rear end of the car got kicked up really high. On the gas, instantly trying to spin the car around, but then so much dust that he can't quite see where he's going. And you see him pop out from the dirt and on the far side, trying to figure out exactly where the track is. This is where he realises and pulls it back onto the line. At the end of the qualifying rounds, it would be X44 yet again sitting on top of the leaderboard. There it is, 11.45. They've gone 20 seconds faster than they went. Remember, Christina Gutierrez had a spin in the first one. That maybe accounts for 10, but the other 10 is pure speed. X44 taking their fourth TQ in a row. Is this finally going to be the weekend they take the win tomorrow? If they can, they'll close that gap down just a little bit more again to RXR. But so many quick teams here. It's been a real up and down day. You can see that from the qualifying points on the right. Lots of people with one good and one bad session. For a few teams in semi-final one, their race would end almost before it began, as just after the start, there was some drama. Oh, brilliant start by Hansen. Great reaction time. He's going to try and take that lane off Seki TV. Chickenassi Racing immediately gets in. Door to door with X44. Maybe a tiny bit of contact. X44 take it. I wonder if they split their route there again. Christina Gutierrez. 
Gutierrez is off. She's into the trees. Where's Hanson? Hanson looks to have gone down the right-hand side. We can't see anything here from the dust. Saggy TV Chicken Assey racing it down that central line. There is the X44. They're in the championship fight. Gutierrez trying to reverse it out of the undergrowth. It's an absolute disaster off the start. Sorry to interrupt. I think Andretti United have stopped on course. So I think they've stopped on course. They're showing a mid they are. So they've stopped on course as well. So as it stands, Andretti United would go through because they've gone further than X44, but I can guarantee you that's going to the stewards. So what happened at the start is Andretti United came across the nose of Segi TV Chip Ganassi Racing and then got pushed all the way to the left into the rear of the X44 car, essentially shoving it off course into a rock ending their race. As a result of that damage to both vehicles, then Andretti United stopped a little bit further on. So what that means is the only car left to finish the race was our friends at Chip Ganassi Racing, or Segi TV Chip Ganassi Racing. However, stewards reviewed the footage. It was considered not a racing incident, but an actual fault of Timmy Hansen. And so they got penalized, pushed back to third in the standings. So X44, even though they didn't finish the race, they then were uh, considered in second place and that they would then move on to the final. Andretti United would then be third and not be allowed to continue on to the final race. The semifinal two race was fairly uneventful. Axiona Sites did end up having a broken or mechanical failure, so they were out, but by being the two remaining teams, RXR and Apt Cupra ended up moving on to the final race. In contrast to semifinal two, however, the crazy race certainly lived up to its name. Only one car goes through. Only the winner will make the final. The start is even more crucial. And we've seen the carnage in the other semifinals. Great reaction time. JBXE going to try and squeeze Emma Gilmore across. Kevin Hansen gets the whole shot on that side of the grid. Gilmore changes the line immediately. Doesn't want to get caught in the dust. She's gone after Bennett. She had great speed, but Bennett was just there before her. She's had to back off and slot in. Now watching Kevin Hansen over on the left-hand side of the grid. Can Bennett and Gilmore carry enough speed through here to beat him to the merge? Oh, it's going to be really close. Ollie Bennett may well get there just before Kevin Hansen. Oh, Kevin comes through. And Bennett took a different line. It was a really bumpy line. He almost made it. Gilmore coming up with a bit more speed in the background. That nearly worked. Oh, no, what's happened? The steering's gone. It looks like the Excite Energy team are out of this. They've had a crash. So the Veloce are through now. What disaster for Excite Energy. But look at this. What can they do now? Serizan, full beans. He's on the hunt for JBXC. Remember, one place. That's it. Only one car goes through to the final. And Stefan Serizan was certainly giving it the full beans as he didn't hold anything back and ended up having one of the biggest crashes in Extreme E history. They're halfway around the course though. He's running out of time to do this. I'm gutted for Christine Gigi. Oh! oh! Sarazan's rolled! The Veloce machine's had a wheel off. He's on his roof. Game over for Veloce again. He had to risk it, but the car has been destroyed. They're parked at the side of the road. Drama in the crazy race. He's coming through the, uh, the traction challenge section. I oh, went, oh, look at that. It's one of the biggest accidents of the season. The rear left corner comes off immediately. The rear right broken as well. Luckily, though, Stefan Sarazan did end up climbing out of the vehicle 
After ch getting checked out by medical, he was okay. So you gotta give credit to the strength of the roll cage in these vehicles. Certainly saved his life in this case. JBXE would go on to win the crazy race and therefore move on to the final. And the action and excitement didn't stop, of course, as you can expect with a five-car start to the final race. So we are off. Oh, it's a stall start for the AppCooper team. They're going nowhere. X44 out to the left. Is there going to be contact? Yes, a bit of contact there before JBXE and RXR. But if you just look through, Leduc and Price have gone, and they have gone fast. A very different line. They need to cut back to the left to go through the waypoint. But at the moment, it looks like it is X44 leading the way. They're going to get the join in. Oh, look at that sliding through. And it's the Segi TV team. They have got the lead of this. Leduc out there. We know he's a Ram Raider. Jamie XE have had a spin there. Arlen Kotlinski is going to have to get going. And it looks like Kleinschmidt's managed to get going for the App Cooper team as well. But Leduc out in front. Oh, Loeb now. Is he struggling? I think he's broken the steering. Loeb's steering is broken. X44 are out in the championship fight. The damage is done. The tyre was off the rim. And then the impacts are just too big. I saw him going straight on in the water splash. And they are out of the final. Four top qualifiers and four no results. After things set Settled down, Kyle LeDuc did end up way in the lead. I'm looking at how far up the road Kyle LeDuc is. According to this, Taylor's 32 seconds back on, on the lead. But at, it would seem that maybe he was pushing a bit too hard because after the switch, the handoff to Sarah Price, the car did end up with a DNF because of a mechanical failure. Sebastian obviously had to lift for me a little bit there, but we got there first. So uh, we are in the spot and he was close. I saw him no! there a couple of times in the window. and Broken uh, steering. Broken that's steering. For, so that was amazing. Seggy TV, Chip Ganassi okay, Racing. The steering is broken out on the course. Sarah Price has come to a halt while we were talking to Kyle Duke. This is unbelievable. No. I've been calling it bad luck for the Seggy TV the Seggy TV Chip Ganassi team. But honestly, if Kyle hadn't have pushed so hard, would the car have been okay? And had would they have finished in the lead? So who knows? But as things stand, RXR ended up winning the race with Apt Cupra in second place. RXR have done it when it counts. Chris Dobson and Taylor take their third win of the year with a commanding lead in this Extreme E Championship. Fist pump from Chris Dobson, job done in the hardest of conditions right at the end of the weekend. And a brilliant, brilliant performance by the whole team. Look what it means to them. Results are in the official results. So fifth place for X44, heartbreak for them. And fourth place for Chip Ganassi Racing as well. JBXC classified in third. Second place is the apt Cooper minus a door. And in first, it is RXR Racing. Taylor and Chris Dobson winning this Another expert under their belts and another 25 points to lead the championship by 28. So leading the championship, RXR with 129 points, 113 points for Team X44, Andretti United in third with 93, but JBXE with 92 points right on their heels, Apt Cupra XE with 83 points, Axiona Sites with 78. 63 points for the Segi TV Chip Ganassi team, putting them in 7th place. 60 points for Ledloche Racing, and 55 points for the Excite Energy Racing team in ninth. 
Don't forget that this is only part one this week, so there is going to be a second part to the news. That is going to be audio only, so make sure you get on your podcast platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever it is, go check that out, part two. I've got five more news stories from the week for you to check out. Thank you so much for being with me, and I'll see you next time.